1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is A View from the Bunker. Now, here's Derek Gilbert. The United States in end times prophecy, hiding in our Bibles in plain sight. That's this week on A View from the Bunker. Who would have thought just a few years ago we'd find ourselves in a world where refusing an experimental medicine could keep you from traveling, going to the store, or even cost you your job? Actually, we did. My novel, The God Conspiracy, was published last year when it suddenly became much more relevant than it had been when I started writing it more than 15 years ago, and I drew on characters and ideas developed by Sharon a few years earlier for her novel, The Armageddon Strain. We'd like to make The God Conspiracy available to you as part of our special offer during the month of August. It's a fast-moving story of people, ordinary people, who find themselves in circumstances beyond their control. And the only ones who really understand what's going on are those who see that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. During the month of August, we'll send you The God Conspiracy and 12 hours of video teachings. Are two DVD sets, Unmasking the Ancient Gods and This is War, four discs in all, 12 hours of video teachings, a retail value altogether of $120 for just $35 plus shipping and handling. This offer is only available during the month of August and only at our store, available online at gilberthouse.org. Is the United States hiding in plain sight in the Bible in terms of its role in end times prophecy our guest this week says yes and she provides her evidence in a brand new book it is a quick read i put it on this side of the uh there we go trying to do this backwards uh on this side of the microphone uh the united states of israel is the book it is a a a quick read a thin read but it is uh content rich uh She's been a guest on this program before, several times, in fact, but not since 2013. I'm not really sure why I uh, got busy, distracted by a shining object, or I'm not quite sure, but uh, she's got some uh, credentials. She was a researcher for Walter Martin, the original Bible Answer Man, uh, journalist and editor of the Christian Sentinel Easing, former director of Rapture Ready Radio, and author of a book that we've discussed on this program before, The Fleecing of Christianity. It is uh, an honor and a pleasure to welcome back to the program Jackie Alnor. Jackie, welcome to the program. It's been since, I, I looked it up, since 2013 was the last time had you on the program. And then it was audio only. That was in the, uh, the pre-Skype, pre-Zoom days where uh, trying to record video off of our internet connections back then just was not, was not a thing. So uh, welcome back. And it's, it was good to see you at the, the, the conference in Colorado Springs. I'm really glad that you came up to uh, Sharon and me. I just wish our table hadn't been so busy so we could have talked there.
0: They're very popular. Everybody was wanting to say hello to you. I had a longer talk with Sharon than I did with you. But, yeah, it, that, was a, that was a great conference, even though I, I'm so glad I brought my snow uh, scraper to get my car unburied.
1: <laughs> I'm glad we didn't have to drive anywhere. Yeah, it, it was like 80 degrees when we left the Ozarks, and uh, by the time the conference was over, we'd had, like, what, 16 inches of snow out there in Colorado Springs? yes <laughs> well you, yeah that was great we, we really appreciate you giving us a copy of your book and bringing a copy to our table um it's it's a quick read four chapters uh concise but um very thought-provoking, so that's why I wanted to bring you back on the program, besides the fact that it's been too long since you've been a, a guest here. Um, first, I want to I ask you, uh, and I may have asked you this previously, but again, since it's been nine years, uh, the influence on you of Walter Martin, the original Bible Answer Man, how did Walter Martin influence your approach to studying the Bible and researching topics connected to the Bible? Oh, well,
0: that's, a, that's an interesting question. And uh, Walter Martin was the first time after getting, after I got saved, I really got saved reading my Bible, and nobody really leading me to the Lord, and no church service or anything like that. And uh, my testimony's online; you can look it up. But the first time I ventured out was to see Walter Martin. And what was in the news at the time when I got saved was the Jim Jones fiasco with the 900 some odd dead people and so I didn't want to go I was afraid to go out and to go anywhere because I thought well until I know my Bible how am I going to know and so someone invited my sister to Walter Martin's study and so I went there with her and we were so impressed you know he was at Melody Land at the time and uh, he did once a week, I think it was Sunday night, and uh, it wasn't in in the in the round. I don't know if you've ever been in Melanie Land. It was kind of like a, a round arena, but it was in the annex of it. But it was fascinating because the other thing that had just come out in the news was the full-page ad uh, by the Terror Center that the Christ is here now, and everybody was freaked out about that, and that was. Uh, and then and then Walter came and and assured us all because uh, because we were supposed to be told telepathically that the Christ was here, right? And a lot of crazy things were happening back then in 1981. Uh, and so it was I, I felt safe there, but it turned out oh after a lot of events that my sister ended up being his secretary and then she became the. Um, the producer of The Bible Answer Man, Walter Martin. And then I did a lot of private research for him because I started getting interested in, uh, became really good friends with Dave Hunt and uh, who wrote The Seduction of Christianity and was helping him with research and I would help Walter Martin to pass things on. And anyway, anyway, after I got married, I married a journalist and then he became the the news editor of the Christian Research Journal And so we had so many connections, but, you know, Dr. Martin influenced me a lot as far as, I think what really stays with me is how courteous he was to those he disagreed with. He didn't come out sniping at people. He was strong, and he had what he called the baptism of boldness, Hmm. but he didn't name-call he didn't put people down. He wanted to plead with people as, as his brothers, you know. And and at that time, a lot of strange things was creeping into the church that needed addressing. And he did so, you know, with with tact. And I think all of us who end up involved in apologetics can get carried away sometimes, <laughs> you know. And And yet, at the same time, these conversations need to happen in order for people to test all things and hold on to what is good. You know, that's what we're told to do. And we have to, because there's so many deceptions. There's one ready made for everybody. And it seems like right after a person gets born again, the cults would come after you from every which way. And until you're grounded in the word, you have... No, you yeah, have no way to know it all sounds good, even though they all contradict each other, it all sounds good. So, you know, and, and end times prophecy was all happening at the same time because of my um friendship with how the Hal Lindsey ministry. And so, being in Southern California, you could, you know, you, you'd watch John McCarthy one day and Chuck Smith, and you had everybody. So, I guess. I, I was in some good circles and I've had other friends that weren't that ended up going off and the Lord bringing them back, you know, and, and that happens. <laughs> but that's a long answer because I could just go on. And on. I love Walter Martin. He in fact he did our wedding.
1: Wow. Wow. In
0: fact, it's one of I have I have the tape of that it's one of the most incredible uh wedding service <laughs> services you'd ever hear. Oh, it was amazing because he was commissioning us to the defense of the faith at the same time he was joining us in marriage, and my husband passed away in two thousand mm-hmm. and eleven
1: uh, and and i'm carrying on it's easy also for us once we get saved and get into a particular denomination, and many of us will choose a church based on uh, what um, uh, you know whether the people are polite to us when we uh show up the first time mm-hmm. um, i i will honestly say that uh, that's where we wind up that's how i i wound up at the church that i was at uh as a kid my parents chose the the church when i was in high school we'd moved out of chicago and uh tried one they weren't very friendly tried another one and they were uh even though it wasn't the denomination we'd left in chicago um they're nice people they seem nice uh let's let's go here and uh then you just sort of absorb by osmosis what uh, the doctrines or the creeds of that particular church or denomination and moving outside of that can be kind of, kind of risky. Uh, I mentioned before we started recording, Sharon and I have been producing a program now called unraveling revelation. We're about 150 episodes in, um, And we're only up to Revelation 14. And we've come to some conclusions about the book of Revelation that are a little bit different. Um, I've also come to some conclusions about, um, say, Isaiah 14. I don't think Lucifer was Satan. I think he was another fallen angel by a different name. But uh, when you go out and you say that based on your research and you make your case, there are some folks who don't want to hear it because it's not what they're used to. Uh, they don't have an argument, really, to present against it, but because they've been taught since little that this is that, then if you make the case that this is not that, and I can show you how in the but, bo- Sorry, you're a heretic. Um, so...
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's dangerous, because they're putting themselves into a box. With Systematic theology can do that, especially when they give no room... Uh, to to look at other things with an open mind because they've gotten too pots in and like like you know writing this book it was risky for me to write this book because some of the cults teach a version of it and right. uh, and so you know if that happens then you're going to be you're you're going to be called a crackpot or something <laughs> like that because you can't you can't look and see I mean remember that the angel told Daniel that, that, you know, that they'll understand in the end, it may be close to you now, but people, they're going to come and go to and fro, and then knowledge will increase. Right. Well, when you're stuck with your systematic theology, knowledge can't increase. We certainly have to test all things by scripture, right. but let's test it by scripture and not by church creeds. In fact, I call those kinds of apologists, creedal apologists. When they aren't testing by the Bible, that they're
1: testing by their catechism. And, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's absolutely right. And, and I, I will say for the record that uh, I don't presume to declare myself to be right about everything. Um, but right. I, I think there are some things that, that we figured out that, you know, I can make a case for. But uh, especially when you get into the realm of end times prophecy, I think God has deliberately, as you say, obscured some things for the time of the end. Um, certainly the apostles who learned directly from Jesus for three plus years didn't understand his mission until after he'd gone. We probably won't understand the prophecies of his second coming any better, in part yeah. because Jesus is the greatest general in in history, and he's not going to reveal his entire battle plan to the enemy what? until they're staring across the battlefield at him, leading the army. So we try to be a little more gentle about some of these uh, end times prof- uh, prophetic things but but this is this is really one that uh, especially us american christians are always wondering about i mean okay we're the wealthiest nation in human history uh some of the uh, luster has faded from the 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 rose if you will but we're still uh the world's only superpower, you can argue, although China would would probably dispute that. But there's nothing in end times prophecy in the Bible that that is obviously a reference to the United States. And your book, if I am understanding your your thesis correctly, Jackie, you're you're essentially saying that we're sort of hiding in plain sight. Do I have that right?
0: Yes, we are hiding in plain sight. We are different than any other nation. We're only, what, 250 years old or whatever, and uh, we're a nation that brought together many scattered people all over the Western world who were being mainly persecuted by their faith because of their faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, when you think of somebody back around that time, like uh, John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress from Prison, because he was arrested for uh, preaching without a license, <laughs> and then you can see how the these you know besides the Roman Catholic Church, the Church of England, they were persecuting. You couldn't you couldn't just be a believer. You had to be with one or the other. And of course, back in those days with England, you know, and and Britain, it was Catholic one time, and then the next guy comes on, and it's Church of England, and you know Henry VIII religion. And you had to conform which way everybody was telling me what to believe and how to believe. And when our nation came together and we thought the, the 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 you know the First Amendment that there would be no establishment of religion, that that flew in the face of everybody. I mean you had to be Lutheran if you were in Germany, you had to be a Calvinist, you know, or a Presbyterian. So we were the only place that brought that the Lord I believe in, and, and you can't convince me it wasn't the Lord that brought them, our our forefathers here, to give them that freedom.
1: I agree. Worship. I agree.
0: And uh, and and how can that be an accident of history? And and it wasn't an accident of history. And so there's a lot of groups that have tried to follow the. Of course, you know we understand that there were two. That the that the the house of Israel was split into two, the northern house and the southern house. Uh, you know, one was, you know, the kingdom of Judah, which was with the Levites, and somebody said Benjamin too, because there were some Benjamites that came down too. But there were also uh, um, Asher, uh, the someone who's kind of the woman in that in the temple. And I think we're with that where Jesus was dedicated, she was of the of the house of Asher, or or the, the tribe. So there were 12 tribes, but there were the two southern tribes and the ten northern tribes. And of course, in 720 BC, there was the Assyrian captivity, where the uh, northern tribes, because of their idolatry, you know, and all these horrible things, I mean what can you say? That's been the record of God's chosen people, <laughs> you know, building the golden path, uh, chasing after our other gods. And, and, and God kept the, the southern kingdom more in place and really dispersed the northern kingdom. And some were left over, such as those that ended up being called the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were like one of the remnants because they were not the Jews. Some people will say, "Well, all the all the people who are Jews, they're all of Israel." I say, "Well, all Jews are is, are part of Israel, but all Israelites are not Jews. The Samaritans were Israelites, and they were not Jews, because remember, at the woman at the well, the very first person that Jesus showed himself to be the Messiah was to a Samaritan woman in the apostles. What did she doing talking to this woman and this American woman of all things? Well she says, uh, I I come to this well to, to draw water. And he promises her little water that would, you know, that would come up from within and bubble up and all of that, and she was like, you know, how are you going to give me that water? Well, the then the statement, then she says that this is our father, Jacob's well. Jacob dubbed this well. Right. So right. and and People say the salvation comes from the Jews. See, she's referring to the Jews as something other than what she was. And then there's even a parenthesis in there where they say, and the Jews wanted nothing to do with the Samaritans. And it's just so precious of the Lord Jesus Christ to reveal himself to her, and she goes and tells her, her people, and then they believe after they come to see Jesus. And so... He's said many times that he only came to, to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, uh, and that was the first one that he revealed himself to. And it said in there that the Jews wanted nothing to do with the Samaritans. So who are the descendants of the Samaritans? Because there is, their descendants are as much a part of, of the 12 tribes of Israel as any of the seven tribes. And the southern tribes, the southern kingdom, can't claim all 12 for their own when they were all ended up being dispersed during you know, the, the different diasporas. So, so my thesis is, I believe that you follow where the gospel was sent in, in the first century, and then you know where those lost sheep of the house of Israel were. And when you see where Christianity took root and with whom, then that gives you a clue as to where they were because that's who he was sent for. And then when he then when, when he when he saved those out of those places, then they went to the to the ends of the earth from there. So historically it makes sense, but the the thing that, that people have to understand is the promises to the fathers, and they were without repentance. That they would be as numerous as the sands of the sea, that they would be a company of nations, many nations, and uh, and at the end times, it would come down to two nations, and how could, how could they be how could they be a commonwealth of nations? And yet, in um, with the two sticks in in ezekiel 30 uh, thirty seven right there are two nations. And there's two nations in Istanbul. How did there be only two nations? What happened to all those other nations? And I'm telling you what happened to all those other nations. They all were, They all came here. They all came to America. And that was the foundation. Just as there were 13 tribes when you split Joseph in half, there were 13 colonies. And that was the foundation of America. And they were all here to escape, maybe some didn't come here to escape persecution, but many did. You had the, 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 the Mennonites, the Quakers, the Puritans, the Moravians, so many different peoples just wanting to worship God in the way they want to worship God. And uh, and he had a hand in that. And it's so obvious that um, that when you know they have to be as numerous as the sands of the sea, I believe they're a quarter of our pop, of Earth's population. I really do. and hmm. they, Because they have to be as the stars of heaven. And you can't say that about the population of Israel.
1: No, that's so, true. That's true. That uh, for all of the influence true. that Israel has on world uh, geopolitics, when you look at the list of the top ten religions on Earth in terms of number of adherents, jews are not even among the top 10 so that that is start that was startling to me as i was looking this up uh, i was writing a, i wrote a book on islam a few years ago and was okay was a, okay we got the uh, zoroastrians here we got the jainists here where, where are the jews uh, uh I, I think there's like 14 million on planet earth on a planet of what seven and a half getting close to eight billion by the middle of this century um there, there are a couple as you alluded to there are a couple of um deviant beliefs that get very close to what you're saying. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that because the enemy, um, will always try to throw out a deception. And the best deception is one that's, um, partially true. You make reference to, uh, essentially British Israelism, this idea that, uh, the, the, uh, the Anglo-Saxon people are the true, uh, Jews. And, uh, then there's, there's another that, uh, kind of goes a little farther in the other direction, this idea that uh, Ephraim, the tribe of Ephraim, which represents the house of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, um, that we are the Ephraimites and we need to go back and start following the law in order to rejoin the two sticks of Ezekiel 37. Um, Both of those miss the mark, but people, I think, will, will want to know, how does your thesis in uh, the United States of Israel differ from what, uh, say, Herbert W. Armstrong and the Worldwide Church of God put forward?
0: Yes. Well, first of all, they, the, the people who were uh, trying to say they were somebody other than the Jews didn't count. I say that the, the Jews coming back in 1948 to Israel, that was also, of course, a God thing and a fulfillment of prophecy. And, and some of the ones that, that are teaching you know, against that, and, and that's anti-Semitism. Yeah. This is not anti-Semitism. As a matter of fact, seeing the, that they are our brothers. They are our brothers. It's the exact opposite of anti-Semitism. It is acknowledging that God brought them back to the land just as he said he would. And that that uh all through the diasporas only of, of all the ones that you know the, 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 the Syrian and the Babylonian and then the Roman all those diasporas they would a remnant came back and even all the way into nineteen forty eight only a remnant there's just, there's as many Jews in, in America as there are in Israel. Yeah. And so um you see a rem remnants return and so if it, if if you only follow those remnants throughout history, let's say after the Roman you know, diaspora of the Jews, what happened to all the other millions and millions and millions of people who had gone before who were part of the remnant that returned? They were scattered about, and so um, so I don't see America as Manasseh as as uh, Herbert Armstrong thought that. England was was Ephraim and we were Manasseh. No, I see where those tribes went. You know, way before America came into being. America, that that's something recent. that they already established all those nations ahead of time, and it was from those nations that we were established. And so we we have them all. We've we have all twelve <laughs> or thirteen if you like. And 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 if people want to argue, well, you you know, you're a British Israelite. I'm saying my thesis. It doesn't matter where you're from. We were all brought here. This is a nation of a melting pot of them all. Whether you think it's this country or that country, we got what country isn't established in America. What What people, I mean, my DNA is from everywhere, you know, as yours probably is. That's what makes us American. That's very different than any other place. And not only that, Christianity took root here more than any other place also, and so we had the blessings of God upon us. God bless America, and now, of course, the enemy is after America first, and the enemies of Israel say that they're the little Satan, and America is the big Satan. And so that, too, who do they hate? Who do mm-hmm. they hate, and mm-hmm. why? It's it's jealousy, yeah. envy, mm-hmm. they, they, that, that were hated, and that Israel
1: is hated. It, you know, it's it, very, very interesting that you get into some of the, uh, the, the political uh, issues that I, I deal with on Skywatch TV as part of the daily news updates, but from a biblical perspective, when you look at the globalist agenda of the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset, um, it's... That is the fulfillment of prophecies. They want to bring us back into a global kingdom, just as Nimrod tried to establish back in the day. Um, the the Antichrist will do the same thing in, in the end times, and uh, the the World Economic Forum is laying the infrastructure for uh, uh, for that uh, that global kingdom. But just to just to make it clear, without you know trying to put too fine a point on it, for. Those watching this, and, and I'll remind you, you know, this, this book is a quick read. This, this will not, you can read this in an evening and absorb this concept. It's content rich, but a quick read. You believe that there will be the 12 tribes, as per the, the book of Revelation, 144,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel will be called out, uh, literally. That will literally be fulfilled.
0: Absolutely, and not only that, that just proves that God knows who they are. Yeah. Maybe we can't specifically point them out, but God knows. And I'm telling you that uh, I expect to see 12,000 Jews being part of the 144,000, and, and maybe some of the you know, the false people who are trying to say that they're not the true Jews. They're going to be surprised, right, when, when, when 12,000 Jews are sealed. Because they're going to be from each of the tribes. So God knows who they are. God cares about who they are because His promises are not going to be swept aside in spite of our our rebellion. Because the the state of the if Israel, which when I went to Israel and I, we spoke about that earlier, they I they had, I we stayed the second time we stayed in the in the West Bank. Believe it or not, <laughs> my husband was a. Was a cheapskate in Kansas stink. What bank is he got the best hotels? And they told us that uh, that all the policies of of America are established in Tel Aviv. That's what we, And then somebody else said that that Israel is the 51st state. And and you know, and that was the first time I was really starting to hear some of this because that was from the enemy's perspective. Okay, that's the way they see us. We're the big Satan. They gotta take the little Satan out before they can go after the big Satan. But see, all the powers are coming together. You've got now the alignment of, of uh of Russia with Turkey and Iran, which again we're looking at the setup for Gog and Magog, Ezekiel thirty eight, right after you know the the you know, the the two sticks are joined. And it's the, the 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 way that america i i was surprised the other day they said when biden was over in israel that he promised no matter what and i was surprised for it coming from biden who is a puppet basically in my opinion uh, that he said that if the israel was attacked they would we would we would send all our stuff we would be there they were promising even even someone who isn't really pro israel like trump was is still promising them to be there for them. And, um, and as I wrote in my book, The Study of the God Who Made God War, Ezekiel 38, with, with when he comes down against the land of Israel, this was an interesting thing because while he's attacking, while God and his companions are attacking Israel. It says it, he's down there attacking them, and then a thought comes in his head to go up against the land of unwalled villages. Now, what mm-hmm. is the land of unwalled villages? And how does he go up against that when he's already in Israel attacking Israel? And uh, that's when he comes, what I believe, that they, when, when they see us as a threat when they're attacking Israel, they decide to come after us. Now, that's a pretty big hook in the jaw. Because we are there to be say we will defend them and they have to stop us from defending Israel. And so they will come up over the North Pole, up against the land of unwalled villages. And, uh, and it's just so interesting in the last administration how it was our unguarded walls. It was, it was build the wall, build the wall. Right. That's because we don't have walls. We're all over Israel. Israel is a fortified nation. Even look it up in the concordance, the word fortified. He brings them back and they're fortified. Not here. Here we're on the wall. It's so funny. I watch this lady on YouTube all the time. I love her. Her name is Itchy Boots. Is the name of her show. Is my favorite show because she travels the world on a motorcycle. This 30-year-old blonde woman from Holland. And she went all through South America, Central America, and Mexico and just this week. She passed into America and she decided she didn't want to go up through Tijuana because it was the most it was the biggest one in the world basically of, of the border crossing. So she went about 100 miles east crossing into California. I forget the name of the state she came through. And you know, she stopped at these different places where she had to show her passport and Mexico didn't have any crossing and so she got everything okay from these different offices she went into to show the passport and the visa, and then okay, it was that way to America. So she goes over there and she's going, "Well, where's the crossing? Where's the crossing?" And a bunch of a bunch of guys coming towards her. A bunch of guys in the middle of the street. In fact, look at that; it was just on today. Itchy boots. And so here she is coming into America from Mexico, and these guys are coming towards her, and she goes. Am I, in, am I in Mexico or, or America? And they go, no, you're in America. This is America. She goes, where was the crossing? We go, hey, no, you don't know, cross And they're going in, and she's going out. And there wasn't a single, there was nobody stopping anybody in the direction. I, I, I was shocked at that. But look it up. It's, it's today's episode of Itchy Boots.
1: I will, I will check that we got, out. We had no protection.
0: We are without walls. We are unprotected
1: so this all is another this is another example of one of those doctrines that we'd sort of take for granted as you know sort of like the received text you know this is this is the way it's going to play out, and the land of unwalled villages is Israel, ignoring the fact that they've got walls all over the place in Israel right now, separating the Palestinian zones from the um, the Israeli zones um, well well, we'll no. those those will be destroyed at some point yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they call their
0: missiles that go everywhere and intercept everything. The Iron
1: Dome,
0: not Iron Dome, was is that
1: what it's called? The Iron Dome. Uh, I, yeah, Israel's Iron that, Dome. But uh, yeah, in fact, I guess we're talking to Russia or uh, Israel about possibly getting the Iron Dome over here, which uh, might be a good thing. But uh, then, of course, Russia just deployed that uh, submarine that they said has uh, that uh, underwater nuclear drone that would kick right. a fifteen hundred foot radioactive tsunami. Um, right. right off uh,
0: the Atlantic coast. Yeah, yeah, so, we're unprotected.
1: Um, and, and the spoil that they would see—certainly, there's a lot more spoil here in the United States than than Israel. I know there have been uh, prophecy teachers who said, "Well, they found oil in the Golan Heights. They found natural gas out in the uh, um, in, in the what the the Leviathan field and the Tamar field out in the Eastern Mediterranean." But compared to what Russia's already got, that's like small potatoes. It, 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 oh, it's nothing. It's nice. it's a drip compared to what Russia's already got. But united states we've got natural resources here that uh, would certainly be very useful we just don't want to dig for them because you know it would mess up the backyard um boy i had never really thought about this 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 is an interesting interesting take on this what's been the reaction to this from people who've read your book so far jackie um you
0: know what the average person says, wow, I've heard these things, but it didn't come together until I read this, you know, now I understand, and and you know, because they'll hear pieces of this, and they, you know, now they just, you, because of the cults that have taught us a, a similar thing, even though it isn't the whole picture, and uh, and yet, uh, one I've unnamed critic of mine called me a crackpot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Forgetting about uh, your body you know. of work and the fact that uh, you were working for Walter Martin, whose whole ministry was in d- holding to the truth yes. of, of the scriptures. That's it. And that's what
0: that's what I cut my teeth on. And so, yeah, it stand, not only does it stand up to scripture, it takes care of loose ends. Because if God promised that, that these descendants were going to be many nations, and in fact, a specific promise, if you look up uh, Jacob's promise to his son Joseph, he would be even many nations. So he is not just say, if he's England, that's fine, but he himself, his descendants would be many nations. Well, then, then you tell me where that's at. If you can't tell me what nations those are, then you're saying God lied. God's not a liar. hmm mm-hmm. They are many nations, whatever they happen to be. But I figured the reason we could see who they had to be was following where the gospel went, in where 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 the twelve were sent. Even the book of James addresses the twelve
1: tribes. Not the,
0: just the ten, yeah, yeah. but the twelve.
1: In the diaspora, that's that's right, that's right. Um, the diaspora, yes. Huh. So when when will these two sticks, the stick of Judah and the stick of Ephraim, come together? Will this be before Gog Magog? Will this? Do, do you want to speculate? Will, will the rapture take place prior to this?
0: Well, see that that's the speculation because if you were going, if, if Ezekiel was written for chronological prophecy, it would be before. But as we know, even some prophe- prophecies would would be like. Prophecies about the first coming of the Lord, but then all of a sudden jump over to the second coming of the Lord. And so so these things are hard to decipher. You can get a general idea, but the specifics, as you mentioned earlier, that even the apostles didn't know the exact specifics until the thing happened, and they looked back and said, oh, did he not say? And so that's the same thing here is we can understand and believe that God meant what he said when he said that that, that their descendants would be as the stars in the heavens and that they would be many, many, and they would be many nations. We know that. And we also know that they have to be summed up into two nations at the end because those two sticks have to come back together. And, uh, you know, I mean, it would get kind of complicated, but I spell it out in the book as far as the, the two sisters and the two wives, you know, of, of, of Hosea and that one Aloha of Ami or however, you know, would be not my people and later she would be my people. And so that wasn't, that wasn't the southern tribe that was rejected. It was the northern ten tribes that were cut off. There's even passages where they would even they're gonna forget the ark. In other words, they're gonna they're gonna forget the ark of done. they're gonna forget all of that. And indeed they did. And then at the end times, he's gonna he's gonna judge them. The same way he's judging, he's gonna judge all twelve. <laughs> and uh that's that's what it comes down to. And if we're in the end times, then that has to all be coming around. Now, I felt that the that the the joining together of Netanyahu and Trump was very prophetic, and they had these big banners all over Israel after we moved the uh, the embassy to Jerusalem. We, right, we just happened to be there on that day.
1: That. We our, our tour, yes. our first tour of Israel. We didn't plan it that way, but uh, Sharon said, "Oh, that's the 70th anniversary date uh, for Israel's uh, Declaration of Independence. Let's let's schedule it around that." And of course, it just happened. That was the day that the uh, uh, that was the day that the uh, embassy moved, and we saw the signs all over. In fact, on my wall over there, I've got a copy of the Jerusalem Post. Promises made, promises kept. Thank you, Mr. President. It's you know, framed on the wall. That's uh, I wish I'd grabbed more, because they were handing them out to everybody at the hotel that morning, and I, I didn't think, hey, wait. <laughs> yeah,
0: he was taking us in that direction yeah of, yeah, of the bigger joining together of the two countries, and the devil came against them both at the same time.
1: Yeah. Hell.
0: Evelyn.
1: It's so, yeah, going to be interesting know. to see what happens this fall with the uh, next election in Israel and then, of course, 2024 here in the U.S. Uh, but, yeah, they, yeah, they uh, at the very least, they stand up against the, uh, the globalist agenda. And that is something that the, uh, the powers at uh, Davos cannot allow. But, see,
0: all that has to happen, too, because you have to have the rebirth of the Roman Empire. I believe. And I, and of course the EU, and it, I don't think it's any, you know, the fact that, that, uh, all of this is coming out of Germany. Why is Germany always the nation that's wanting to get things back? You know, they, they just want all that power back, you know, this, you know, this Schwab guy, uh, people compare him to Dr. Evil, you know, it's, 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 kind of, but it's, it's funny, but it's not so funny because you see the power grab, um, there's that song back in the day called Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And think yep. years yep. and did that song. And that's what it boils down to. It's time to, everybody wants to rule the world. I saw some headline yesterday or today with Putin says, we're the new world order. Okay? So, so those three nations are the new world order. They got the new world order over here. And Biden and, and even the former George Bush, or the New World Order. Everybody wants to be the New World Order, and they're all wanting to claim supremacy. They all want to be one at the top of the hill. And and I wonder also about the rise of the Antichrist, and how there'd be, you know, the ten nations, and then uh, then, then three would rise up, and then one's going to pull up those three. You know, some of these things are very hard to to understand, but if you start seeing it more from, from... from the perspective of where I believe the Antichrist is going to come up, I believe he's going to come up from the from those northern tribes, be it here or there. And the reason I believe that is because the, the references to him not paying attention to the faith of fathers. Oh, I wasn't talking about Zoroastrians.
1: No, you
0: know, he'd be of the faith of his fathers, which isn't Islam. And at the same time. We call him an Assyrian. Well, the Assyrian captivity and all those who went north. I quoted from a friend of Jimmy DeYoung who interviewed this Jewish guy who said that the tribes were then referred to as Assyrians after they were taken up taken up there. And so that was and that was written around the same time where they were referred to as Assyrians because they were taken up into Assyria, and that's the last they saw of them. <laughs> mm. You know. So I believe all those passages, all those things can come together and still be true, and you're not gonna have any anything dangling, no hanging chars.
1: <laughs> it's uh, well like i said i i think we'll only recognize it when we're seeing it in the rearview mirror and uh i hope yes. and pray that uh, we don't see it until you know we're you know up and looking down at uh, what's transpiring on the earth um because it's certainly not going to be a a pleasant time on this world until uh things are restored to uh, the original design by the <clears throat> by the designer uh this again Jackie this is a really thought-provoking read um, where do people get a copy of your book the United States of Israel
0: well it's on Kindle on Amazon and uh, you could also get you know you could get it on your Kindle or it's print for you or print for on mm-hmm. print on demand at Amazon and uh, you know I hope everybody reads it and just test it by scripture and don't let presuppositions get in the way of answering those questions because you have to say who are those? Who, who are on the sands of the sea? And, you know, perhaps some people, especially who believe in replacement theology, that the church has replaced Israel and all of that, you know, they, they might argue that it's that, that we replaced Israel, even though, because you see as Christians, it's whosoever will. It doesn't matter what tribe you're of to be a believer. But as you say, when we're taken out and the and the 12,000 are sealed, it going to be Christians. <laughs> you know, because God knows who they are genetically. Yeah. Whether they're—and some might even be professing Christians who really weren't saved, but, you know, who were Christians in name only and were left behind.
1: Well— Who knows? So th- according to the— survey after survey from the barna group uh there are a lot of christians in name only in this uh in this country was like nine percent with a biblical worldview of uh, american adults but uh, only like 17 percent. i forget the numbers now but it's a small percentage of professing christians who actually have a biblical worldview so um yeah um We'll we'll see it all someday, and uh, look forward to chronicling the history of it when it's all over and done. Sharon and I are praying for jobs in the uh, the heavenly archives when uh, or when you know the new heaven the new earth is established. That's that's the job that we're uh, we're praying for. But however uh, plans it, it pans out, uh, you know God's got uh, all of this under control. United States of Israel by Jackie Alnor. Um, encourage you to read it again. It's it's a thought provoking read, but a quick read, and um, shines. It, it's a different perspective on the way this all plays out. And if uh, you're right, Jackie, then the United States has been staring us in the face in our Bibles all the way along. And so thank you for sharing that with us and uh, look forward to talking with you uh, again and more frequently.
0: And thank you for your bravery and letting me come on.
1: I'll have links in the show notes wherever you're watching or consuming this particular program, whether it's uh, VFTB.net, which is the homepage for us here, or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Gilberthouse. Uh, Check the links below for where you can find a copy of the United States of Israel and uh, some of Jackie's uh, other work. And um, it's it's well-researched, and again, she recognizes, as she admits, that it uh, sounds a lot like some deviant end times beliefs, like uh, British Israelism Israelism replacement theology, but as she makes clear in the book and uh, in our discussion, God still has a definite plan for the people of Israel, for the Jews, but we need to remember that Jew is just sort of a shortened form of Judahite, and there are 11 other tribes in the book of Revelation that will also be sealed in the time of the end. So it'll be the Judahites, but also the Issacharites, the Zebulunites, the Gadites, uh, et cetera, Simeonites, the Levites, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and, and that is something that we as Christians forget. We as non Jews, non Israelis forget that there are uh, the history there is, uh, of Israel really divides first with the uh, the the rebellion of Rehoboam, or Jeroboam, rather, against Rehoboam, and then with the destruction of the northern kingdom uh, about uh, 250 years later when uh, the Assyrians come in and cart off the uh, the northern tribes. And, and even that's kind of a misnomer because Simeon was the southern tribe as well. But as she pointed out uh, in the Epistle of James, he directs his letter to the Jews, or all 12 tribes rather, not just Jews, but all 12 tribes in the Diaspora. And uh, if you're going to pick a nation of the world that uh, since its beginning really has been sort of a melting pot, you can look no farther than the United States of America. Um, so is she right? Well, she makes a good argument. Don't know. Uh, I've got my own thoughts on the War of Gog and Magog, but uh, I've discussed that elsewhere, so we won't rehash that here. And as I said to Jackie before we uh, began the program, um, I have learned as I've gotten a little older to be a little more gracious with people when my ideas differ from theirs because contrary to what I thought uh, coming up in elementary school, I am not the smartest person in every room that I'm in, which still galls me to no end, but uh, I'll pray the Lord will give me grace to, to get over that. Well, we've got uh, a conference coming up that we want to tell you about just a couple of weeks away, the dark secrets, bright hopes conference, pastor Dave Bryan, uh, who we have, uh, Learned since uh, being invited to speak is a, a fan like we are of the movie The Princess Bride, which is one of very few films that is absolutely perfect. Don't change the scene. I know they're talking about making a re- remaking the film, that would be uh, an abomination. Quite honestly, I am saying that tongue in cheek, not using that word in the same way God uses the term, but there's, there's no call for it. Anyway, anyone who can quote lines from the Princess Bride is okay in my book. Uh, Pastor Dave Bryan is hosting Ellie Marzulli, Timothy Alberino, and yours truly, uh, Sharon will be there with me, but she's uh, going there to cheer me on. Um, We will be speaking September 15th through 17th at uh, Church of Glad Tidings in Live Oak, California. Uh, That's north of Yuba City, Sacramento area, north, and... uh, That should be a really interesting, thought-provoking weekend. So uh, you can find out more at the website of the church, churchofgladtidings.com. Again, Pastor Dave Bryan hosting us there, and we're uh, looking forward to seeing uh, L.A. and Tim in the same setting. I'm not sure that we've all been at the same conference before. Maybe one of the True Legends conferences. But uh, yeah, this should, be, uh, this should be really something. And uh, next spring, we will be back in the Holy Land, and we invite you to join us in Israel. As Sharon and I, along with our friend Messianic Rabbi Zev Porad, will take you on a tour that is like no other in Israel. March 19th through 30th, with an optional three-day extension over to Jordan, we will see Gilgal Rephaim, we will visit the altar of Joshua, we will go to Shiloh. Of course, we'll see the sites that you want to see. We'll go out on the Sea of Galilee. We'll visit Jerusalem. We plan to ascend to the Temple Mount. We did that last time, and uh, uh, we look forward to doing that again. Masada, just absolutely awe-inspiring. The view of the Dead Sea and uh, the mountains of Moab on the other side of uh, the, uh, the Dead Sea from there. And then from the Jordan side, as we look down on the valley from Mount Nebo, look across to Jericho, see what Moses saw when he got his only look at the promised land. And then from there, we can point out, okay, yeah, Jericho's at 12 o'clock, at 2 o'clock over there, that's the site of ancient Sodom. And we'll talk about why all of these places are historically and prophetically significant. More information at our website, uh, gilberthouse.org slash travel. From there, you can go to the Lipkin Tours website and... Uh, reserve your spot Uh, we hope you'll join us thank you for taking time out of your schedule to watch or listen wherever you're consuming this podcast whether it's uh, in video form we encourage you to get our uh, free mobile app also our free roku app Uh, that gets you all of our video content the uh, mobile app also gets you uh, some news updates from my blog and uh, calendar of our upcoming events as well But uh, we're also at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Our announcer is the inimitable DC Good. And a View from the Bunker is a production of Gilbert House Ministries, released under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm Derek Gilbert, and this is A View from the Bunker.